Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. That's from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. This is the Essential Bible Studies podcast. My name is Tim Young. And I'm Jay Mayock. And I'd like to welcome you back. This is now our third part of our series on, on inspiration. Thank you. We were looking at the scripture part of thing. All scripture is breathed out by God or inspired by God. Yes. In our last podcast, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 as our key verse. And so such a key verse for our perspective as we're reading and we're studying the Word of God, this is really important, how we look at the Word of God. Yeah. Because there was a wise man who once said, the Bible does not reveal its treasures to its critics. Yes. Right? And that's very true, and I felt that in my life. If you come at the Word of God as it truly is, the 100% the inspired Word of God, yeah. You'll find marvelous things. Yes. And instead of trying to explain it away or, or you know, and, and get around it, mm-hmm. if, if you accept that and you dig, yes, it has the answers. And yeah. it will be revealed to you if you, you just keep knocking, right? Yeah, that's uh, right. That's the idea behind it. So when we wanted to talk about the idea that the Bible is inerrant, that's kind of a strange word, isn't it? I don't yeah. use that one every day. No, not in but, any other context. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But you, you see it used in inspiration circles when people are debating about the inspiration of the Bible. Yeah. And it, it means that the Bible is without error. Yeah. That God didn't write any errors or in, in any way because right. it, it's 100% from God and not from men. So it's interesting this debate on these things. But we talked about how we really have to approach the Bible with how it describes how it works. Yeah. And we've seen that in the last two podcasts. And does the Bible say that it is without error. Well, it doesn't use the word inerrant. Right. But it uses other words. So we're going to look at three passages. Yes. Right now that talk about us. three awesome passages. Yeah. That talk about and they all involve the word pure. Yes. Right. So kind of like a pure metal, like gold. Yes. Yeah. Just that's purified, right? And it's That's it's, exactly the yeah, figure that's used. It's, yeah, very precious. Yeah. yeah. In that way. So we're going to look at a passage in First Peter, and then we're going to look at a passage in Proverbs, and then we're going to end up in the Psalms. And all of these are, are just, you're going to see how they all tie together. Right. And they tell us the same thing, that the, the Word of God is, is without error. They tell us the same thing using different metaphors. Right. And that's how we know that these things are true, is because it's the same truth expressed in different ways. Right. And that's what gives us confidence that we can... Right. See these things together. And they're all going to tie us back to our key passage in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, that all scripture is breathed out by God or inspired by God. Right. So, yeah, Jay, why don't you start us off here on the, the first one from 1 Peter yeah, well, chapter, that, chapter 1, verse 23. It's all in that same context, that, that wonderful section that speaks about the word of God as a, a seed and a special kind of seed in verse 22. It talks about how those who had received the word of God became part of a family, Mm. became part of a brotherhood. In verse 22, it says that these people have purified their souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. And then he exhorts them to love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, 
and here it is, not of a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. That's the figure there. The word of God is being an imperishable, living and abiding seed. So imperishable. Yes. That word doesn't perish. It's incorruptible. Like it's not going to change exactly. in any way or, or become like a dead letter because it's living, right? It is relevant for all time. Relevant like for is, all time. It's not something yeah. that has a shelf life. And that's, <laughs> and that's what people tend right. to do sometimes, especially 2,000 years away from when these words were initially penned down, right. is because we can become, just as people did back then, uncomfortable, naturally speaking, with what the word actually says. But this is imperishable stuff. This was as good and as healthy and as nourishing back then as it ought to be for us today. That's the reason it's really still around. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And, and it's still widely read and it's still changing oh, people's yeah, lives today. book in the world, right? Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. exactly right. So imperishable, living and abiding. And, you know, one of the words that has been associated with scripture recently, and you mentioned this from that book that you were that you had just read on inspiration. Yeah. And you said that the author mentioned that scripture is something that ought to be reimagined. Yes, that was Peter Enns in his book, How the Bible Actually Works. He and kept saying that the Bible, you have to reimagine the Bible, or they, they did. Like that, that should make us uncomfortable. And it makes you wonder, I mean, you know, you've got a couple of different Peters here. Like we're looking at the Apostle Peter, right? Yeah. And you wonder what the Apostle Peter and Peter Enns would have a conversation about. Peter Enns saying that we need to reimagine things, and the Apostle Peter saying, no, this is... This is imperishable stuff. This is living yeah. and abiding stuff, yeah. Yeah. he says. He's quoting from scriptures that are hundreds and sometimes thousands of years before Peter, mm-hmm. or at least up to 1,500 years from, from what we have <laughs> yeah. right now. But yeah. these are old words, and Peter believed them, um, that they were inerrant, even though he didn't use those words. He uses the words imperishable, living, and abiding. Right. Interesting how he continues to in verse 24, for all flesh is like grass. The flesh, that's man, right? Yeah, man, he he dies, he goes away. And all its glory, like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. There it is. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So here again, he's emphasizing that the gospels, the, the things that they were saying, was the inspired... Word of God. Yep. It is the inspired Word of God. Exactly. Yeah. And it remains forever. Now, this is a part where the chapter division doesn't help us too much. No kidding. Because he's he's rolling yep. right on. And it's really interesting. He says uh, in chapter 2, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. So you see how he's hearkening back echoes to what he's just written. He's talking about newborn infants. And in chapter 1 and verse 23, he says, you've been born again yes, right, by the word of God. But here he says, as a newborn infant, as a small child, he's saying, long or desire for the pure spiritual milk. Right. That word pure is right there. That's how That's he saw scripture as, as pure. And that's a really interesting Greek word. It's the word adolos, and it means undeceitful 
and unadulterated. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect word for the context. It's a perfect word for the the word of God. And a word to view the word of God as this pure milk for a babe. You look at a babe and no mother is going to give its child Mm -hmm. filthy milk, like dirty milk. Mm That if we're talking like some of the Bible is the words of men and you need to have, be wise enough to be able to discern what that's not, that's not the way it is. Yeah. I mean, God would not give us babes right. filthy milk to drink. That's exactly that's, it's right. It's abhorrent, right? It is abhorrent. Yeah. Right. He's given us pure spiritual milk. And when you see a baby drinking, they're, they're yeah. pounding it down, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and that's yep. the way that we're to be, right? So, that's right. It's that pure word of God. That purifies us. Mm-hmm. Going back to chapter one again, like you brought up in chapter verse twenty-two, having purified your souls, right? Yeah. That right. purification of our souls is done by the pure word of God. It right. can be no other way. And, and it's true that we've seen Peter and Paul before this clearly speaking that their understanding of the word of God is exactly how we've been des- describing right now. They mm-hmm. understood it to be. Just that, like unadulterated, yeah, uh, incorruptible, imperishable, living and abiding. That's the way that they saw it. So we really need to pause when we when we hear people. Maybe pause is the polite way of saying it. <laughs> we ought not to just pause when we hear people saying, "Well, we just need to determine what's true and what's not." The apostles were really clear in what they believed, yeah. and they were transformed, not combining the flesh with the spirit words that they were receiving, but leaving the flesh behind and being born again by yeah. those things that they heard, by yeah. being purified by the words, not by combining it in, in any particular way. Yeah. Leave the flesh behind and move forward with the spirit of the word of God and be a new creation in that. And there, there's wonderful wisdom there. That's what the apostles did. Peter here is quoting some Old Testament scripture, but these ideas really pop up in the Old Testament. Yes, do you have the next one for us, Jay? Yeah, there's a real real wonderful one in Proverbs chapter 30, in verses 5 and 6. And again, it's wonderful to go back now a thousand years in history to how the writer to, of the Proverbs, under inspiration, is describing the words of God as well back then. So Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, it says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words. Mm. And in other places it says, don't take away from him either. Right. Lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Ooh. It's a great verse for inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Every word of God proves true. So we're hearing the same thing said by the writer here, the inspired writer here, by the apostle Paul to Timothy, where he speaks about all scripture where he stands before the king and says, I believe everything that's written in the law and in the prophets. And what Peter had said there in chapter one and two about what the word of God was abiding forever and it's imperishable and living and abiding qualities that it has. Same thing here in Proverbs chapter 30. Every word. Every word. That's what it says. Every word of God proves true. Yeah. And that where it says proves true, the King James will tell you it's pure as well. The NASB, uh, the New American Standard, says tested. The NIV says flawless. Mm, And the New English translation says purified as well. And uh, another way it's described is it's 
it's so it's not just pure, but it's so pure. It's like it's gone through a furnace seven times. Right. I mean, that is that's as pure as you get, and that's what the Word of God is. There's there's no there's no dross to be removed from it at all. Purified seven times. Is that that's also in right around this section? It's in Psalm twelve, verses six to seven. Oh, okay. Psalm twelve, six and seven. Talks purified about seven pur- times. The Word of God purified yeah. seven times. So that's why the ESV says it proves true. Yes. It goes back to like this gold that's that's that pure, pure gold. And so the result of Scripture is it's that pure. Mm. But you know what God says about us? We need to be purified by it. Right. So we are the ones that needs to to have all that stuff taken out of it. Scripture is so pure; it's like that's already been it's like that's already been done. Right. Right. But we need to take that in and be purified ourselves by it. So there's nothing wrong or insufficient or adulterated by the Scripture. Okay, let's go to our. Third one. You ready for the third one? Absolutely. This is oh, this is the best one. Psalm 19. Yes. Verses 7 through 10. It's it's always refreshing to see a passage or a series of passages that say the exact same thing. Yeah. Like if you don't get the point, just have to keep reading the next verse and the next verse and the next verse. Oh, it just makes it solid, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it makes it completely really solid. really the way we're supposed to be thinking about it. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. Now, it repeats phrases, and Hebrew often does this, right? It'll repeat a phrase, and it's called parallelism. And you can see in the two phrases slightly different words, but they're just meaning the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they do that for, for emphasis and to elucidate more what it's teaching. And so in this section, Psalm 19, verses 7 through 9, there are six of these statements about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And they, they all start with this synonym for what the Word of God is. And then it says what it is, and then what it does. So maybe you can help me out, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe this will, will help. I'm going to say the first part of the phrase. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say... The word of the Lord is this, and you're going to say what it does. Okay. All right? Yeah. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Yeah, hopefully that that helps. I put it in a table form, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. That's a good Just idea. Just going to see it a little bit. When you, you, when you line it up in columns, you can really see the emphasis yeah. in this part of Scripture. So the synonyms for the Word of God is, is, is the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts, the commandment, the fear, and the rules. So there's all all these different sorts of ways to say what the the word of, of God is. Right. But in the second column is what it is, and this is really impactful. Listen to this. It is perfect, sure, it's right, it is pure. It is clean, and it is true. 
you see that that emphasis yeah, that we've exactly. all been talking about it really hits home yeah, it does right here doesn't it absolutely and more importantly when we realize that when we believe that and we approach the scripture as the word of god what does it do yeah it has a power behind it it revives the soul it makes wise the simple it rejoices the heart it enlightens the eyes, it endures forever, and it is righteous altogether. Yeah. Right? And that's why it's called the living word, mm. because it does these things. Oh, yeah. It yeah. causes to live in a certain way. And that's what Peter's talking about. Yeah. From our theme verse, he's talking about being born again to live a different way. Right. We've seen back in these scriptures, like 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. We saw it in the Proverbs passage, talks about every word of God proves true, every word. And you know what? We see it here too. Yes. Because how did that, that verse end? It says, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Yep. There's that, there's that phrasing, altogether. You're, like, you're not going to separate them out. You're going to take them all together. Yes. And use them all together. So it's, it's united as one, as one word of God. All scripture. All scripture. Right. And it's interesting, the, the largest by length psalm in all of scripture, Psalm 119. Yeah. You can go through every single verse, except like maybe one or two, as they're organized here in, in your Bible, in the English Standard Version or the King James, which I'll be reading from in a moment. But if you look at almost every verse in Psalm 119, that very point that we've been making and that you just made in looking at Psalm 19 is made there. You can pick almost any verse and it's got a reference to the word of God in some way. There's 176 verses. 176 verses. That is the emphasis. In every verse. Except save one or two. Okay. I'll yeah. save one or two. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> Except one or two, you've got every verse. It talks about the judgments of God. One of the wonderful verses for that, that's a good kind of wrap-up verse for this, a good summary verse at least, is in verse 140 of Psalm 119. And it says there, Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. Mm. That's David. That's David. Very pure. Yeah. So when he looked back at the words that he received from God, the words that he had read that God had caused to be written and preserved down through the ages up to his point. He looked at that and he saw all nourishing milk. He saw all purified silver having been completely perfected. That was the word of God delivered no, to him. No impurities. No impurities. Right. Yeah. And it changed the way he lived. Right. Yeah. I love that verse too, because it says, therefore your servant loves it. Right. And it's just that that idea that we're talking about here, how you approach the scripture is so important. Like mm -hmm. if if you approach it not as fully the word of God, mm -hmm. you're gonna get radically different conclusions, yeah. not only in your theology, but in your whole life. The the right. life decisions that you make are gonna be so much different. Exactly. And we're trying to align ourselves with the thinking of God. Right. And if we believe that the scriptures are the word of God, we have the thinking of God there. Exactly. And we, we have to let the word of God change us. And we're not, we're not changing the word of God. That's exactly it's right. It's changing us. 
And you can't love it unless you can be sure what it is. You can't love the word of God unless you can be certain that it is the word of God. Right, right. Yeah. So I can't emphasize enough to our listeners how important this is that we, we get this right. Because this is really the the foundation of of where everything starts. Yeah, it absolutely and is. And it's going to be the foundation of these podcasts, just yes. you know, to be honest, that when we're looking at this word, we're looking at it as the word of God. And when, when we do that, I guarantee you, we're going to find so many more treasures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Thank you, Jay. I, it's really been helpful to me to kind of go over this again and just put our thoughts down. And I re- really appreciate your help. been a pleasure doing it. And you know what's fun about it, too, is that it's one thing to, to understand a first principle and a first principle teaching and to appreciate it. And it's another thing to have a look at some other passages that you might not have considered in that light mm. and walk away feeling even more convicted that those things are true because there's so much more evidence for those things being true than maybe we thought before. So it's never a bad idea to revisit first principles of scripture and especially on a subject like this that's so foundational. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. This is a big topic for sure. If you'd like to read a book on the inspiration of the Bible, then I would recommend one called Our Sure Foundation. It's a compilation of articles from the Christadelphian magazine. I found the second part by Peter Watkins to be especially helpful. Really good stuff. So you can go to the Christadelphian magazine website at www.thechristadelphian.com and type in the search bar, Our Sure Foundation, and you'll find it waiting there for you. I'll leave a link in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast or have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.essentialbiblestudies.org and fill out that contact form. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like us there and join the conversation. It's easy to share on social media so you can do your part to spread the truth about God's Word. This is a Christadelphian podcast supported by the Book Road Ecclesia in beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until we meet again, dear friends, I pray to God that you may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.